Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of the Course in Miracles original edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, or if you also have a link at top for online edition, you'll see the link to read A Course in Miracles OE. On that same drop-down, there's an option to subscribe to have both the daily text reading for the day and the lesson for the day sent to you from the Course in Miracles Society. My name is Lori Cameron. This call is Monday through Friday from about 9.15 to about 10.50 a.m. Eastern. And today we continue our reading in the Manual for Teachers with question 10, or 12, I'm sorry, 12. How many teachers of God are needed to save the world? We're also mindful of our lesson today, which is, Today I let Christ's vision look upon all things for me, and judge them not, but give each one the miracle of love instead. At the top of the hour, we'll pause and reflect on that lesson, led by Fran. And by way of opening this morning, um, I didn't have to go far to find exactly what was right for the day. Given the nature of unity and the way it's described to us in this section today, this poem from Hafiz seemed just splendid. It's called, I have come into this world to see this. I have come into this world to see this. The sword dropped from men's hands, even at the height of their arc of anger, because we have finally realized there is just one flesh to wound, and it is his, the Christ, our beloved. I have come into this world to see this. All creatures hold hands as we pass through this miraculous existence we share on the way to even a greater being of soul, a being of just, ecstatic light, forever entwined and at play with him. I have come into this world to hear this. Every song the earth has sung since it was conceived in the divine's womb and began spinning from his wish. Every song by wing and fin and hoof Every song by hill and field and tree and woman and child, every song of stream and rock, every song of tool and lyre and flute, every song of gold and emerald and fire, every song the heart should cry with magnificent dignity to know itself as God. For all other knowledge will leave us again in want and aching. Only imbibing the glorious sun will complete us I've come into the world to experience this. Men so true to love, they would rather die before speaking an unkind word. Men so true, their lives are his covenant, the promise of hope. I've come into this world to see this. The sword dropped from men's hands, even at the height of their arc of rage, because we have finally realized there is just one flesh we can wound. Unity alone is not a thing of dreams. Amen. Oh, wow. Oh, so beautiful. 
Yes, it really was. Thank you, Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. That's one of my favorites. Thanks, you guys. Oh, I still love bringing those every morning. And so, here's our reading list. Today we have Lemoyne, Fran, Robin Marie, Donna, Micah, and Jessica. And we're joined in listening by Ida and Roz. And who else has come along um, since we're Good morning, again? Charles is here. Good morning, Charles. Would you like to read? Good morning. If, yeah, sure. All righty. I think, I think we'll have that opportunity. Good morning. Layla, good morning. Oh, good morning. Good morning, everyone. I can read this morning. All righty. Thank you very much. Okay. So in the manual for teachers, question 12, how many teachers of God are needed to save the world? The answer to this question is one. One holy, perfect teacher whose learning is complete suffices. This capital one, sanctified and redeemed, becomes the capital self, who is the Son of God. He who was always Holy Spirit now no longer sees himself as a body or even as in a body. Therefore, he is limitless. And being limitless, his thoughts are joined with God's forever and ever. His perception of himself is based on God's judgment, not his own. Thus does he share God's will and bring his thoughts to still deluded minds. He is forever one, because he is as God created him. He has accepted Christ, and he is saved. Lemoyne. Uh, Manual for Teachers, Section 12. How many teachers of God are needed to save the world? The answer to this question is one. One holy, perfect teacher whose learning is complete suffices. This one, sanctified and redeemed, becomes the self who is the Son of God. He who was always Holy Spirit now no longer sees himself as a body or even as in a body. Therefore, he is limitless. And being limitless, his thoughts are joined with God's forever and ever. His perception of himself is based upon God's judgment, not his own. Thus does he share God's will and bring his thoughts to still deluded minds. He is forever one because he is as God created him. He has accepted Christ and he is saved. Thus does the Son of Man become the Son of God. It is not really a change, it is a change of mind. Nothing external alters, but everything internal now reflects only the love of God. God can no longer be feared, for the mind sees no cause for punishment. 
God's teachers appear to be many, for that is the world's need. Yet being joined in one purpose, and one they share with God, how could they be separate from each other? What does it matter if they then appear in many forms? Their minds are one, their joining is complete, and God works through them now as one, for that is what they are. Thank you, LeMoyne and friends. Two, thus does the Son of Man become the Son of God. It is not really a change. It is a change of mind. Nothing external alters, but everything internal now reflects only the love of God. God can no longer be feared, for the mind sees no cause for punishment. God's teachers appear to be many, for that is the world's need. Yet being joined in one purpose, and one they share with God, how could they be separate from each other? What does it matter if they then appear in many forms? Their minds are one, their joining is complete, and God works through them now as one, for that is what they are. 3. Why is the illusion of many necessary? Only because reality is not understandable to the deluded. Only a very few can hear God's voice at all, and even they cannot communicate his messages directly through the spirit which gave them. They need a medium through which communication becomes possible to those who do not realize that they are spirit. A body they can see, a voice they understand and listen to without the fear that truth would encounter in them. Do not forget that truth can come only where it is welcome without fear. To do God's teachers need a body, for their unity could not be recognized directly. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Thank you, Fran. And Robin Bree. Why why is the illusion of many necessary? Only because reality is not understandable to the deluded. Only a very few can hear God's voice at all. And even they cannot communicate his messages directly through the spirit which gave them. They need a medium through which communication becomes possible to those who do not realize that they are spirit. A body they can see, a voice they understand and listen to without the fear that truth would encounter in them. Do not forget that truth can come only where it is welcomed without fear. So do God's teachers need a body for their unity could not be recognized directly for Yet what makes them God's teachers is their recognition of the proper purpose of the body. As they advance in their profession, they become more and more certain that the body's function is but to let God's voice speak through it to human ears. And these ears will carry to the mind of the hearer 
messages which are not of this world, and the mind will understand because of their source. From this understanding will come the recognition in this new teacher of God of what the body's purpose really is, the only use that there really is for it. This lesson is enough to let the thought of unity come in, and what is one is recognized as one. The teachers of God appear to share the illusion of separation, but because of what they use the body for, they do not believe in the illusion despite appearances. Thank you, Robin Marie. And uh, Donna. Four. What makes, yet what makes them teachers of God is their recognition of the proper purpose of the body. As they advance in their profession, they become more and more certain that the body's function is but to let God's voice speak through it to human ears. And these ears will carry to the mind of the hearer messages which are not of this world. And the mind will understand because of their source. From this understanding will come the recognition in this new teacher of God of what the body's purpose really is. The only use there really is for it. This lesson is enough to let the thought of unity come in. And what is one is recognized as one. The teachers of God appear to share the illusion of separation. But because of what they use the body for, they do not believe in the illusion despite appearances. Five. The central lesson is always this, that what you use the body for, it will become to you. Use it for sin or for attack, which is the same as sin, and you will see it as sinful. Because it is sinful. Because it is sinful, it is weak, and being weak, it suffers and dies. Using it to bring the word of God, to those who have it not, and the body becomes holy. Because it is holy, it cannot be sick, nor can it die. When its usefulness is done, it is laid by, laid by and that is all. The mind makes this decision as it makes all decisions which are responsible for the body's condition. Yet the teacher of God does not make this decision alone. To do that would be to give the body another purpose from the one that keeps it holy. God's voice will tell him when he has fulfilled his role, just as it tells him what his function is. He does not suffer either in going or remaining. Sickness is now impossible to him. Thank you, Donna. And Micah. 
Okay, <clears throat> five. The central lesson is always this, that what you use the body for, it will become to you. Use it for sin or for attack, which is the same as sin, and you will see it as sinful. Because it is sinful, it is weak, and being weak, it suffers and it dies. Use it to bring the word of God to those who have it not, and the body becomes holy. Because it is holy, it cannot be sick, nor can it die. When its usefulness is done, it is laid by, and that is all. The mind makes this decision as it makes all decisions which are responsible for the body's condition. Yet the teacher of God does not make this decision alone. Do that would be to give the body another purpose from the one that keeps it holy. God's voice will tell him when he has fulfilled his role, just as it tells him what his function is. He does not suffer either in going or remaining. Sickness is now impossible to him. Six. Oneness and sickness cannot coexist. God's teachers choose to look on dreams a while. It is a conscious choice. For they have learned that all choices are made consciously with full awareness of their consequences. The dream says otherwise. But who would put his faith in dreams once they are recognized for what they are? Awareness of dreaming is the real function of God's teachers. They watch the dream figures come and go, shift and change, suffer and die. And yet they are not deceived by what they see. They recognize that to behold a dream figure as sick and separate is no more real than to regard it as healthy and beautiful. Unity alone is not a thing of dreams. And it is this God's teachers acknowledge as behind the dream, beyond all seeing, and yet surely theirs. Thank you, Micah. And uh, Jessica, if you'd like to complete with that last paragraph, please. I would love to. Paragraph six. Oneness and sickness cannot coexist. God's teachers choose to look on dreams a while. It is a conscious choice, for they have learned that all choices are made consciously with full awareness of their consequences. The dream says otherwise, but who would put his faith in dreams once they are recognized for what they are. Awareness of dreaming is the real function of God's teachers. They watch the dream figures come and go, shift and change, suffer and die. Yet they are not deceived by what they see. They recognize 
that to behold a dream figure as thick and separate is no more real than to regard it as healthy and beautiful. Unity alone is not a thing of dreams. And it is this God's teachers acknowledge as behind the dream, beyond all seeming, and yet surely theirs. Thank you, Jessica. And we have uh, at least two more readers. And so um, rather than trying to summarize this, it feels really sweet to me to read it through one more time, one paragraph at a time. So um, we'll start with Charles and Lana and see who'd like to read after that, okay? Just one paragraph at a time. Charles, if you'd like to start, please. I'm sorry, was that chapter 13? Um, I'm on mute. (laughs) Section. Okay. Yeah, we're in the Manual for Teachers, question 12. How many teachers of God? We're going to read it through one more time, just one paragraph at a time, okay? Okay. So if you'd like to read that first paragraph. Okay. How many teachers of God are needed to save the world? Paragraph 1. The answer to this question is one, one holy, perfect teacher whose learning is complete suffices. This one, sanctified and redeemed, becomes the self who is the Son of God. He who always was always Holy Spirit now no longer sees himself as a body. And even as in a body, therefore he is limitless. And being limitless, his thoughts are joined with God's forever and ever. His perception of himself is based upon God's judgment, not his own. Thus does he share God's will and bring his thoughts to still deluded minds. He is forever one, because he is as God created him. He has accepted Christ, and he is saved. Thank you. Thank you, Charles. And Lana. Okay. Two. Thus does the Son of Man become the Son of God. It is not really a change. It is a change of mind. Nothing external alters, but everything internal now reflects only the love of God. God can no longer be feared, for the mind sees no cause for punishment. God's teachers appear to be many, for that is the world's need. Yet, being joined in one purpose, and one they share with God, how could they be separate from each other? What does it matter if they then appear in many forms? Their minds are one. Their joining is complete. 
and God works through them now as one, for that is what they are. Thank you, Lana. And is there a new reader for paragraph three? New reader for paragraph three. Patricia here. Thank you, Patricia. Why is the illusion of many necessary? Only because reality is not understandable to the deluded. Only a very few can hear God's voice at all. And even they cannot communicate his messages directly through the Spirit, which gave them. They need a medium for, they need a medium through which communication becomes possible to those who do not realize that they are spirit. A body they can see, a voice they understand and listen. They understand and listen to without the fear that truth would encounter in them. Do not forget that truth can come only where it is welcomed without fear. So do God's teachers need a body for their unity could not be recognized directly. Thank you, Patricia. And another new reader for paragraph four. Please. I'll read again. If you is that what you're doing? Are you going to go back to the original line? You go ahead, friend. Okay. I was just wondering if anyone else wanted to. But thank you. Four. Yet what makes them God's teachers is their recognition of the proper purpose of the body. As they advance in their profession, they become more and more certain that the body's function is but to let God's voice speak through it to human ears. And these ears will carry to the mind of the hearer messages which are not of this world. And the mind will understand because of their source. From this understanding will come the recognition in this new teacher of God of what the body's purpose really is, the only use there really is for it. This lesson is enough to let the thought of unity come in, and what is one is recognized as one. The teachers of God appear to share the illusion of separation, but because of what they use the body for, they do not believe in the illusion despite appearances. 
Thank you, Fran. And would there be an, any new reader that would like to read five? Charles here. Thank you, Charles. Thank you. The central lesson is always this, that what you use the body for, it will become to you. Use it for sin or for attack, which is the same as sin, and you will see it as sinful. Because it is sinful, it is weak. And be it, and being weak, it suffers and it dies. Use it to bring the word of God to those who have it not, and the body becomes holy. Because it is holy, it cannot be sick, nor can it die. When its usefulness is done, it is laid by. And that is all. The mind makes this decision as it makes all decisions that are responsible for the body's condition. Yet the teacher of God does not make this decision alone. To do that would be to give the body another purpose from the one that keeps it holy. God's voice will tell him when he has fulfilled his role, just as it tells him what his function is. He does not suffer either in going or remaining. Sickness is now impossible to him. Thank you, Charles. And anyone else like to finish then with paragraph six? Anyone? This is Donna. How about Lemoyne? <laughs> I'm volunteering him. No. Okay. Lemoyne? Oneness and sickness cannot coexist. God's teachers choose to look on dreams a while. It is a conscious choice, for they have learned that all choices are made consciously with full awareness of their consequences. The dream says otherwise, but who would put his faith in dreams once they are recognized for what they are? Awareness of dreaming is the real function of God's teachers. They watch the dream figures come and go, shift and change, suffer and die. Yet they are not deceived by what they see. They recognize that to behold a dream figure as sick and separate is no more real than to regard it as healthy and beautiful. Unity alone is not a thing of dreams. And it is this God's teachers acknowledge as behind the dream, beyond all seeing, and yet surely there. Thank you, Lloyd, and thank you everyone who read this morning. So powerful when we do it together. And the floor's open.
That was a good idea. Thank you. Thanks for doing that. Liked it. Hi, this is Ida. Thanks to everyone who read also. Um, I always say this every year, I think, but the beginning title of this section sounds like one of those jokes, you know, how many teachers of God are needed to save the world, right? Like how many teachers of God are needed to change a light bulb or something. But of course, it's not a joke. Um, <clears throat> and, um, and, of course, the answer is one. And I used to really fret over what did that mean when he said one. Um, uh, but now I see or believe that um, since the one is, is inherent in who we are as the one son slash daughter of God, um, it's that oneness that he's referring to that when we get to a point where one person can save the world, that's because we're already experiencing our oneness of all of the, the seemingly separate people as the one son of God. So I just thought that might be helpful and I wanted to contribute. Thanks. I'm complete. Well, thank you, Ida. Thank you. Thank you Ida. This is Donna. And um, this 12, I didn't realize <clears throat> that this is, the, this is the section. This is the section that I think I was in my 40s, maybe around 42, <clears throat> when I read the course for the first time. And this is the line that I remembered. It only takes one teacher and, or one, and I volunteered for that with the mind of a child <laughs> in kindergarten not even seeing the next line, the, the holy perfect teacher. Uh, but this, this, this section came out to me in, a, in, 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 in sentences of, along with its reading. <clears throat> One and two, what came to me was, what I got out of it was, one and two was one purpose, one mind, one spirit. And in paragraph three, what I got from it was how good it is to know the deluded only seem to be for they are Christ. And from four, um, I got the body is a vehicle, a microphone for the Holy Spirit. And five, I got everybody will fulfill God's purpose. And from six, all are called for God's purpose. God knows when each will attain awareness. We or I, we or I walk on with this confidence. I am complete. Thank you, Donna. Thank you, Donna. Thank you, Donna. I love, I love when you uh, pull that together for us into one sentence each paragraph. I love that. Thank you. Thanks, Donna. This is Sandra. And what I found um, interesting is in paragraph 
3 at the bottom, it says, So do God's teachers need a body? For their unity could not be recognized directly. And I just thought that was interesting because we, you know, we keep saying that these bodies are an illusion <laughs> and the world is illusion, but it's, but it's also part of, it's saying that this is life and, and life is in the body, so I need the body, but, but, it's, but it's my function, my higher mind's function, because I'm practicing to be the Holy Spirit. Um, because what is the Holy Spirit except a spirit that is whole and complete? without beyond a shadow of a doubt. There's no more doubt. There's no more separation. It is whole and complete, which is the truth of who I am. However, my job is to remove the blocks that are keeping me from, from integrating that so that it's beyond a shadow of a doubt within me. And this, I think, is my favorite, favorite section because it's telling me that I need to see myself as God sees me, not as my mother saw me, not as my, anybody sees me. I need to see myself as God sees me. And that is such a gift to me, such a gift, because I can do that. I can disregard other people's opinions of me and see myself as God sees me and love myself the way God loves me, unconditional, without judgment, and what I have to do in order to, to experience that is to train this mind and body to see the world as neutral, in neutrality. And then if, which to me, neutrality, I think I said this yesterday, is, is peace. I need to be peaceful. If there is any kind of contraction, which is usually uh, connected to judgment within me, I feel the contraction in my solar plexus, then I need to bring it to the Holy Spirit. If I can't remember the truth, which a lot of times I can because I have all these lessons that I've been practicing for all these years, so my mind has been trained to a certain degree, but there still is some doubt. I haven't arrived yet. I'm just like everybody else here. I still have some doubt about the world and about myself. But I'll just keep on coming, keep on practicing, repetition, repetition, until there is absolutely no more doubt. And I'm so grateful to have these words. They bring me peace, they bring me comfort, and they bring me joy and gratitude. I'm complete. Thank you. That was yeah. just Thank you. really, really great, Sandra. Thank you. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. This is Charles here. I'd like to share at this time. This speaks to me in a in a way that um, I've had in the past little while. I do my contemplation meditations of where I journey within back to the stillness of the awareness of being itself in the quiet contemplation of the presence of being discovering the nature of the light of awareness and allowing my attention to bathe in that uh, that experience 
and I really feel the flow that my attention bays within it. And as I arise from that attention, back into my thoughts and images, back into the form, back into my sense, physical senses, I feel that bathing, that sense of divine nature of being permeate the senses. And I need to know that it's something that you cannot communicate to others. You just go inside into that still point, into that still present point within and bathe within the experience of stillness itself into the light of awareness. And allow that to enter into the form and allow that to experience, to really feel the connection to everything in this world, the light that lights all, the light that lights this world into being, the light awareness itself, the one light, one heart, the one love. So into my contemplation, this chapter reads really beautifully to me because it's not external. I seek for my salvation, but accepting the Christ and going within to the light of the Christ and asking to be bathed in the experience of God's love and asking to receive the experience that it may permeate my mind, my thoughts, my images, my body, my senses, my sensations, that I may stand as a, as a witness to God's love for those who would otherwise look outside and be troubled by what they see, as I also when I look outside, I'm troubled by what I see. But the peace of God, God's love is my strength, is my refuge, is a place I return to until it goes stronger and stronger and more confidence in the presence, the evidence of that be stronger and stronger in my life. And being here and sharing this with you all here now and the desire we grow together for this experience really does my heart well. So I give thanks to you all. Thank you. Beautiful. Beautiful. Beautiful description of contemplation. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much, Charles. Thank I you. really enjoyed that. Yes, so did I, Charles. Thank you. Beautiful, Charles. In that same spirit, then... Thank you, dear ones. um, In that same spirit, then, let's pause now to take our few minutes of contemplation on today's lesson. And, Fran, I'm so glad you're here to lead us again today. Turn it over to you.
Thank you. Hi, everybody. We're in the second part of the workbook, and the theme that we're on now is what is a miracle? And today's lesson is lesson 349. Today, I let Christ's vision look upon all things for me and judge them not, but give each one a miracle of love instead. I'll read some from what is a miracle. A miracle is a correction. It does not create nor really change at all. It merely looks on devastation and reminds the mind that what it sees is false. It paves the way for the return of timelessness and love's awakening. For fear must slip away under the gentle remedy it gives. Forgiveness is the home of miracles. The eyes of Christ deliver them to all they look upon in mercy and in love. Perception stands corrected in his sight, and what was meant to curse has come to bless. Each lily of forgiveness offers all the world the silent miracle of love, and each is laid before the word of God upon the universal altar to creator and creation in the light of perfect purity and endless joy. The miracle will justify your faith in it and show it rested on a world more real than what you saw before. A world redeemed from what you thought you saw. Now the world is green. And we'll go over to the lesson. Lesson 349. Today I let Christ's vision look upon all things for me and judge them not, but give each one a miracle of love instead. So what I liberate all things I see and give to them the freedom that I seek. For thus do I obey the law of love and give what I would find and make my own. It will be given me because I have chosen it as the gift I want to give. Father, Your gifts are mine. Each one that I accept gives me a miracle to give. And giving as I would receive, I learn your healing miracles belong to me. Our Father knows our needs. He gives us grace to meet them all. And so we trust in him to send us miracles to bless the world and heal our minds as we return to him. We'll take a moment and reflect on this. Lesson 349. Today I let Christ's vision look upon all things for me and judge them not, but give each one a miracle of love instead.
So would I liberate all things I see and give to them the freedom that I seek. For thus do I obey the law of love and give what I would find and make my own. Lesson 349. Today I let Christ's vision look upon all things for me and judge them not, but give each one a miracle of love instead. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Fran. Amen. Your words are music to my heart. Thank you. Thank you, Fran. Oh, Oh, thank you, guys. This is Donna. I had a realization while Fran was reading the lesson. And it's along the same line uh, of, uh, the, of the gratitude I have for Lee and for Lori and for Lemoyne. But I didn't recognize it until today that the consistency and faithfulness of friends reading each day removes all of the distractions that the human condition could get caught in. Finally, there's just this dedicated voice reading and I because I'm, I'm saying to myself I'm, I'm practically plagiarizing from these lessons because I get inspiration and and and, and I haven't heard them read yet so I'm going to go on to say I got four things from this lesson today about our lesson the one I always I'm still thinking on occasion I'm the one I just get it right and this is over and, but, but doing the lesson today, so I've had that childlike uh, interpretation, and I will use this word innocence about, about, that, about that lesson. But today I got four things. Number one, I am the one. Number two, each one I hear read is the one. Each one I'm sent to to bless is the one. Each one who offends me or I curse is the one. Each one I meet is the one. And until today, I did not get that realization. I am deeply grateful for every word anyone's ever spoken. When my ear has been here to hear, whether it's been here to hear or not, I am complete. Amen. Mm, thank, you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, Donna. Thank you. That was just fantastic. You are definitely inspired, and I know what you mean about all the voices, and I'm so grateful also for the dedication. But how you pulled it together was just precious. Thank Amen. you so much. Yeah, I'll echo that. Thank you. Thank you, Donna. Thank you, Fran. And thank you. I'm having a brain. Uh, My friend who just spoke my heart before, Fran, Charles. Thank you all. Yes, dear brother. Thank you for speaking my heart. 
And the one teacher of God, we are, I sense that we are all the one son of God going deep inside us now, feeling the connection to everything that is real, which is immersed, we're bathed in, we're saturated in, we're lover-logged totally. And this is how the world is saved by the one. We go inside here during this call right now, and we are everywhere. This is the Charles's message. This is the course Jesus's message. This is Donna and Fran's message. All of our message. The heart knows the contact with the all, the one. And this is how we go. We don't fix a broken world we see a loving world and that is the fixing we are in touch with the healed world universe thank you that was perfectly said Steve thank you so much thank you so much Steve Thank you. Thank you, precious one. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. This is Yogi Chris. Just wanting to listen and give loving expressions as I do. Morning, Chris. Much love, Yogi. Much love, Yogi, Chris. This is Micah. The uh, that last sentence, the last two sentences are really pretty powerful. I wrote part of it down in my. I have a little three by five like pad I carry through the day with little little shifts to meditate on, or you know things that have shifted, and I try to write down the essence of them so they create shifts through the day. And that that sentence had that like unity. Unity alone is not a thing of dreams. Unity alone is not a thing of dreams. And yet it is this God's teachers acknowledge as behind the dream. Beyond all seeing. And yet surely theirs. And it it just encouraged that um, awareness to feel this unified field that uh, surrounds me, surrounds us, unifies us, this one mind. 
And here's this dimension called space-time that literally is a projection of, of this higher mind create, creating an experiential theater realm. You know, Shakespeare's life is but a stage. And, uh, and, uh, and it reminds me of the near-death experience that I've shared a few times where the, the light was projecting this light, this consciousness was projecting into space-time the body on the hospital bed, every every molecule of the body. Uh, and, and it was uh, all consciousness uh, creating the illusion of form in this space-time dimension. It was all holographic, the hospital and everybody, it, uh, like a dream at night. And, and so I love, this is one of the best paragraphs also on the dream. Um, let's see where it starts. The dream says otherwise, For but who would put his faith in dreams once they are recognized for what they are? Awareness of dreaming is the real function of God's teachers. And we're going to be moving into this uh, experience of a literal mind that we share, that we share with God. And um, I came across this quote. I'm going to find it real quick. It's from Way of Mastery. You are God's dream. You know, this is all consciousness. And we, we... uh, just like in our dreams at night, you know, we are asleep in them, and we don't we don't understand the, the nature of them at all. This world kind of proves itself to itself, and through these senses that we've created. And um, anyway, I'll go on with it, uh, what was in paragraph six. Um, awareness of dreaming is a real function of God's teachers. They watch the dream figures come and go, shift and change, suffer and die, yet they are not deceived by what they see. They recognize that to behold a dream figure as sick and separate is no more real than to regard it as healthy and beautiful. And once we, in those moments where we actually get the glimpses of the truth of the mind that's that's dreaming this and projecting it, this amazingly creative and powerful, like Jesus says, you can create worlds. And we watch this projection going from this mind as cause, and then this is an effect. And then here's unity all around us. And um, I, I love the way he highlighted unity. Through, you know, it starts in paragraph paragraph two. Uh, how could they be separate from each other? You know, this mind is joined. What does it matter if they then appear as many forms? Their minds are one. Their joining is complete. And God works through them now as one. That is what they are. Um, then in paragraph uh, three, uh, so do God's teachers need a body for their unity. 
could not be recognized directly. And that, that really encouraged me to just go beyond my senses as I'm sitting here being identified in a body and, and just feel this unity that's this river surrounding me of unity. And, uh, and then in paragraph four, um, let's see, this lesson is enough to let the thought of unity come in and what is one as is recognized as one. The teacher, teachers of God appear to share the illusion of separation. But because of what they use the body for, they do not believe in the illusion, despite appearances. Unfortunately, I still believe the illusion most of the time. And um, let's see. And then the last reference I find that touched me in six of oneness was oneness and sickness cannot coexist. Now, that's a profound statement. Um, oneness and sickness cannot coexist. I guess that's the ultimate way to heal, just to realize unity. Um, anyhow, I, I guess that's... And um, I just love the way in our shares we, we spark each other and um, remind each other of the truth that, that, that we're, all, we're so unified. And it's like God is waking up to God and... Um, Beautiful. Anyway, thanks. Thank you, Micah. Gorgeous. Thank you, Micah. Thank you, Micah. Mm-hmm. Your words bring Touch a smile my to my heart. <clears throat> thanks, Micah. You gifted me, Micah. Oh, great. This is Charles again. I feel a sharing of my time of life of where I'm at in transition. I've had my life, I'm returning 70. My memory doesn't work the same as it used to work. Nothing seems to work the same anymore. And I'm realizing that what a blessing that things are stopping to work. Well, the blessing that everything's starting to shut down. Yet, I'm no, I have no medication. I'm not sick. I have ailments. I have discomforts. I have challenges. But I'm so blessed because of all of this. Because it keeps turning me inside. And I see the illusions for what the illusion is. The illusions don't change. They don't go away. Yet when I'm aware of an illusion as an illusion, it's so easy to take the value off it. The challenges become blessings instead of tripping stones. They turn me within to where I know God's grace and God's light of love is. 
and the world becomes a beautiful place for me to experience once again. Even though there are illusions that seem to appear, God's love is grander and more greater than all that I would otherwise see. And this is my hope and glory in my transition. And I thank you all for being here for that. Thank you, Charles. That was beautiful, Charles. Thank you so mm-hmm. much. Yes. What a privilege it is for you to include us in your process. Thank you. Yeah. 14 months you, ago. Charles. Thank you again. 14 months ago, when I was taken to the hospital, I was told that most people with the number of fractures I had are not usually alive. And here it is 14 months later. And even before that accident, I noticed deterioration, uh, just uh, aches and pains that I didn't have in my 60s, but in my 70s, you know, but I was fine with it. But I'm here to say that although I'm walking half the speed the walking I'm doing is twice as enjoyable and mindful. So I've been given this beautiful, I won't call it an accident, I would call it an on purpose, for it's what I needed to walk with gratitude more than before. So thank you. I'm complete. Amen. Thank you. So wonderful. Thank you. You sure you came out of that with um, with a lot that I've heard from you over these last fourteen months. But thank you. Thank you. What gifts you share. Yes. Thank you so much. I think I think I do say this. What came to me was one of our previous readings where it said, there are no accidents. We are exactly where we're supposed to be. And I have taken that as rhema and, and, and walk with it and let the Holy Spirit show me really what that means. I'm just really grateful for uh, the testimonies. It's very, it's very, it's very, Honest. I am complete. Thank you, Donna. Thank you, Donna. Thank you, Donna. This is Micah again, real quick. Uh, I was just glancing down at this quote, and it... And it um, it's something kind of interesting. It says uh, from Course in Miracles, learning must lead beyond the body to the reestablishment of the power of the mind in it. This can be accomplished only if the mind extends to other minds and does not arrest itself in its extension. 
And so I, I started to feel how, how our minds are joined right now. And then, then the thought came about perfect communication is happening right now. And I, I see it on the level, so suddenly there was like two levels of communication. And, and it, the, the level of communication in space-time that the, these ears can hear uh, is beautiful and it's full of love and richness and inspirational sparks, you know. It's, it's doing an incredible job. And then beneath that is this other very, very subtle form of perfect communication going on between us. It's a whole different kind of hearing and feeling. And things get kind of really quiet. And, and uh, Anyway, I'm done. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you, Micah. Thank you, Micah. Thank you, Micah. And Patricia here to share a, a little miracle this morning uh, just occurring as uh, lesson 349 was being read. Oh boy, you know, her voice and the depth of those readings did something very different suddenly out of it was uh, the theme, I'm 77. Uh, and uh, the joy of uh, lost functions where I just couldn't follow the words of the lesson. <laughs> Instead, I had to quickly go and, and write whatever I could perceive out of it. So at the end of my hope of uh, prelude here of gratitude to you all, I would like to read how this elder brain rewrote lesson three, four, nine. But before I do that, I want to thank this diminished functions that have me fall into a, a direct vision unknowable before. So as I read, the day I let Christ's vision look upon all things for me and judge them not but give one but give each one a miracle of love instead now okay you guys miracles happening i read that whole lesson and i read it clear and because i got the answer as you were all sharing I asked Christ, why could I not read the lesson? And he said, Patricia, you have become a miracle. And so this is how we're writing the lesson now. I'm just grateful, so I want to breathe a few times. You know, confessing things as they're occurring is such a gift together. Lesson 349. 
receiving grace. Silence whispers, all things are in place. A Christ-held mind trusting in time. Eternity ever so slow to ripen me. Receiving grace, all things in place. Receiving grace, miracles await. Silent presence, already blessed. Silent presence, already blessed. One soul knowing all things are in place. Christ's vision looks upon me today. All things in place receiving your grace. Mm. Thank you. You are my creators. Thank you. Oh, that's beautiful, Patricia. Thank you. Bless you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Patricia. Really honored, Patricia. Thank you. Thank you, Patricia, for sharing that. Thank you, Patricia, for sharing Jesus Christ's spoken word to you and through you. Hallelujah. I am complete. Hi, this is Chris. Really enjoying the loving vibration and the wisdom that is pouring into this group conference call. It doesn't surprise me, um, but it's very um, palpable and it's a blessing. Um, I'd like to share what this lesson means to me. Uh, what this lesson means to me is that we're giving, we're being, we have been given loving Christ's vision, and we could use it to look peacefully upon all things through us and as us, and we could be servants of giving only miracles or loving expressions through us and as us. Um, we have the ability to liberate all things within, thus without. When I see a passing grievance, grievance within me, I could choose to liberate myself, as Charles said, not to value the valueless. 
and value being in that presence within me and standing firm in that presence and maintaining that inner freedom that we are in. Um, there is a law of love that we can obey, and that's giving only what is ours. And we are love, and we are created in love. That is what we are. Um, it could be the gift we give. And, and, of course, this is Christmas time, and the symbolism of that is very powerful, giving expressions of love. And, and these gifts are ours right now. And we are all channels of, of receiving that and giving it. And, and as we give it, we receive even more. And we could actually be witnesses. And as we share, I love testimonies, testimonies because we could be witnesses of that the healing that loving expression causes both to ourselves and our loved ones. Um, I, I love, appreciate that our Father knows all our needs and fulfills each one of them and gives us grace to meet them. Grace is the energy that meets every single need. And to trust and choose only loving visions and loving thoughts of God that are sent to us and are in us and blesses and heals. I am complete. Oh, you're singing my favorite song, Chris. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Chris. thinking of a favorite quote this morning, the slurry. And um pretty sure it's chapter 31, probably paragraph 75, but it goes something like, Behold your role in all the universe as the Lord of love and life entrusted all creation. The Lord of love and life entrusted all creation. And the grace is given to be a savior to the holy ones, holy ones especially entrusted to his care. 
while we were reading this morning, um, I flashed back to the beginning of this manual for teachers, and and um, he started out, you know, um, by talking about teachers. When the teacher is ready to learn, people appears and, and reordered a, a lot of things. But he said, in order to understand the role of God's teachers, it's really important to understand that time really goes backwards. Time really goes backwards, and, and, and for the longest time, I, I, um, I wondered why did he put that right there at the beginning of the manual for teachers. But it's um, becoming more and more clear that while it seems as though the body ages and time marches on relentlessly toward whatever. Um, the fiction of time is um, it really does go backwards it goes back um, it goes back to the place from which we came and um, I'm, I'm especially in love with this section for that very reason we um, we the sons of God come from unity and every experience here um, brings mine closer to the fact that uh, we're returning to a kingdom we never left. We had the illusion of leaving. We dreamed it. We dreamed it. But the joy of this life, you know, it's just like um, there's a poem from Rumi that says, walk out of your house like a shepherd, be a lamp, a lighter, a ladder or a lifeboat help someone's soul to heal it, 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 all of it acknowledges that holiness is what we're entrusted with and it's the nature of holiness of course that it be shared for therein lies everything that makes it holy he says as one who um, who, you know, and maybe this is a common experience, I don't know, but um, I, I suffered through uh, several years, several years of what I call now spiritual materialism, that, um, that aspect of ego that wants more. And, and so I sought for a repeat of the holy instant uh, and was so bereft that um, it seemed to be in the past. And, and I <laughs> struggled with that, uh, desperately struggled with that for a number of years until I heard the voice of Holy Spirit say, find your people. And I knew instantly where to go to find them, of course, um, which is how I was led here. But... Um, Here's another quote that's really important to me today, and, and you, um, you expressed it really beautifully, Chris. The quote is, It's impossible to remember God in secret and alone, for remembering Him means you are not alone and willing to remember it. Take no thought for yourself, for no thought you hold is for yourself. What is this little separate thing here? 
If you would remember your Father, let the Holy Spirit order your thoughts and give only the answer with which he answers you. Everyone seeks for love as you do and knows it not unless he joins with you in seeking it. If you undertake the search together, you bring with, a, bring with you a light so powerful that what you see is given, given meaning. The lonely journey fails because it has excluded what it would find. We cannot find capital as self without each other because by definition, capital as self is the sonship. He says, never forget, the sonship is your soul. Or how about this one? The soul knows that the consciousness of all his brothers is included in his own. That's, um, that's why the lonely journey fails, because it excludes what you would find. And so in all those years, I um, suffered for spiritual materialism, that grasping mind that wanted more experience of God. I didn't realize that all he wanted from me was to walk out of my house like a shepherd, not to bring something to someone who doesn't already have it, but to straighten out my own mind for me to recognize that unity alone is not a thing of dreams. And that's right there a pretty good definition of Christ's vision. So we're reading this book to each other and we encounter mysteries, little little places that say, pause and think about this a minute. And one of the big pauses that I had early on here in this group was if he speaks not of Christ to you you spoke not of Christ to him for you hear but your own voice and if Christ speaks through you you will hear him that's a pretty good definition of miracle working and, and now I'm reminded and here's another place I wanted to touch you know, looking back at Helen and Bill and what we know of that story um, and how she faithfully sat down with her book and, and took the words that she was given every day. One day she took the book and, and was given the material that is the content in the rewards of teaching. And Jesus says to her, you have taught well but you have not let your teaching teach you. You have taught well, but you have not let your teaching teach you. And to me, that's what this section is all about. You have taught well, but you've not let your teaching teach you. Time going backwards to the point where we remember we come from love, we are love, and love is all that's going on here. Love, that's, love is all that's ever been going on. In that section, when I think of it, you have taught well, but you have not let your teaching teach you. I think of Helen. I mean, a woman dedicated to 
uh, a profession of helping people, helping people understand their own minds. I'm certain, I am certain without a doubt that she loved and loved well. And she embraced healing and brought healing. But seemed to stand outside, Jesus is telling her, you seem to stand outside your own teaching. And I just love thinking about that. I'm going back to the quote I started with. If he speaks out of Christ to you, you have spoken out of Christ to him, you hear about your own voice. That's why I'm so glad that this lesson today I let Christ's vision look upon all things and judge them not, but give each one the miracle of love instead. I'm so glad that this lesson is set in the context of what is a miracle. A grace given and received is one. I hear about my own voice. There's a natural... <laughs> my dog's outside in the snow. Excuse me one second. There's a natural way of being that requires no effort at all. And when I think about how... Um, here's a good example. About three years after... Um, that holy instant which I talked about. My dad was going into surgery for lung cancer and, and I heard myself say to him as he's rolling away to the operating room, don't worry dad, Jesus is with you, he's closer than your own breath. That, that, those words came out of my mouth totally unconscious. I mean, I had no idea that that was what I was going to say or that I would say anything meaningful at all. I just heard them. Wow, isn't that something? I've taught well, but not let my teaching teach me. All of those years ago, that was in the 90s, all those years ago, uh, I didn't realize that Christ has always spoken through me. And so that I wouldn't miss the point, One year I was doing Lesson 127, and I blessed your brother with the love of God, which I would share with you, where I would learn the joyous lesson, there is no love but God's and yours and mine and everyone's. And I'm blessing, I'm blessing all day long, and I'm just, you know, every 10 minutes or more, I'm blessing. And in the middle of the day, somewhere, my life stopped, my mouth stopped, my thoughts stopped, and I see a freeze frame of multiple episodes across my life where... I had thought this was happening. It's it's like it was a presentation. Um, Here's a memory where I thought this was happening. And outside that freeze frame was Christ standing there. And, and, And I realized in every situation that I thought X was happening, he was using me for something different, of which I was unaware. You see, I was teaching well but not let my teaching teach me. That's um, some of the stuff that this section is telling me. He said, he's, he's, he's saying, blessed son of a holy blessing father, blessing is for you. And when I recognize that just to be present with anyone is the same as allowing Christ's mind to do what Christ's mind does. You know, he says, I'm in charge of the atonement. 
I stand at the end in case anyone should fail or there be any lack of love because that's impossible I stand at the end but in every situation that I meet um, in wholeness something wonderful is going on miracles he says are impersonal that is to say I don't have a, a conscious connection with what is happening in that moment with that person in that holy encounter nor need I have a personal connection with it in fact the less personal my connection with it is the more likely I'm not being directed by the ego all I need to do is show up with the awareness of presence in my mind thank you for the way you describe presence well Charles all I need to do is show up with presence in my mind and I will be an instrument in the hand of God and that's how we serve unity you know the lonely ones he says the lonely ones are those who see no purpose they can fulfill we have a purpose there's a reason we're here and it's to remember that we come from the time before and the more we remember we come from the time before the more we bring heaven to right here right now and finally I just want to um, oh, so many things I wanted to touch but uh, I wanted to touch especially on chapter 18 paragraph 59 because when a miracle happens through my hands not by anything I did but by allowing it to happen there's an explosion that goes on in the mind <laughs> I said to somebody one time I said it's better than an orgasm <laughs> and my friend said it's an orgasm of the heart you know chapter 18 paragraph 59 describes it so beautifully when my mind enlarges to include any aspect of creation I instantly love it because I always loved it and the reason I love it is because the stretch that happens in the mind that's what we're here for to allow that to happen over and over and over again until I finally remember I have taught well and now I'm letting my teaching teach me that I'm the love that I'm the light that it shares itself um, when I stay centered and keep that fire burning I'm complete yes you are thank you wow thank you so much that was great thank you loved it Laurie beautiful that's why um, that's why I'm so grateful to have found my people <laughs> great is the company they give thanks for that indeed amen <laughs> amen
Um, few minutes left, and there are voices here we haven't heard this morning. I would so love to. Good morning, this is Sandra. And I, um, just a real quick one, I, ju- I just loved your reference to um, that I, as I teach and then I, then I learn for myself. And for me, that's exactly how the process has gone because in my teaching it, I get to understand because I, I, can, I can just say the words. I can mimic, but there's no understanding unless I try to teach it. Because that's how I learn is actually through teaching. And um, so it happens in my mind first. It, it, at least for me, it happened in my mind first. I had to understand, and then I could integrate. Once I understood what this was saying, then I could integrate it. And for me, it's about saying it 500,000 different ways <laughs> until I can get, until I can understand what's being said. And that's the beauty of these meetings is because there's so many, there's people on here and they're, they're approaching it from a slightly different angle. And that's how I learn it. It's repetition and understanding. And then, it, then my heart, then it's just my heart. Then I can just trust what's coming through me because now I'm speaking from my heart, not from my head. I'm complete. Oh, beautiful, Sandra. Thank you, thank you. Any final thoughts? Well then, uh, one of the most precious places in this Course of Miracles to me is in Chapter 28, The Undoing of Fear. It's another reason we need each other. And it goes like this. God asks for nothing. And his son, like him, need ask for nothing. For there is no lack in him. An empty space, a little gap would be a lack. And it is only there that he could want for something he has not. A space where God is not. A gap between the father and the son is not the will of either who have promised to be one. God's promise is a promise to himself and there is no one who could be untrue to what he wills as part of what he is. The promise that there is no gap between himself and what he is cannot be false. What will can come between what must be one and in whose wholeness there can be no gap? The beautiful relationship. The beautiful relationship you have with all your brothers is a part of you because it is a part of God himself. Are you not sick if you deny yourself your wholeness and your health, the source of health, the call to healing, and the call to heal? Your Savior, 
waits for healing and the world waits with him nor are you apart from it for healing will be one or not at all it's oneness being where the healing lies what could correct for separation but it's opposite there is no middle ground in any aspect of salvation you accept it wholly or accept it not what is unseparated must be joined and what is joined cannot be separate that's why the atonement is a fact amen thank you everyone thank you everyone for being what you are thank you your saviors for me thank you oh thank you thanks Lori thanks everybody yeah thanks thanks everybody love you all yeah thank you Lori thank you everybody